Our fears are transformed through eye contact. Be brave and share the room with them. That is. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. Okay. Our fears are transformed through eye contact. Be brave and share the room with them. It's a haiku in a very loose sense because mm -hmm. be brave and isn't usually a way that you would end a line. It's true. But for the purpose of solo scene, where we're not usually the strictest of individuals, that poem low-key leaves me speechless because it encapsulates this conversation that we're about to have so well. Thank you. Because this week, it's our first episode after our education series, and we thought, why not just tackle a big old topic of people in public? Yeah, I think it's kind of a it's kind of an amorphous subject, whereas all the ones we've tackled so far in this podcast have been very discreet, e very easily dis discreet and easily described and outlined, even through the title. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think we decided the title for this one is just called "Put Your Phone Down," mm -hmm. maybe with a little exclamation point for some character. Obviously, or the listeners not. will know. Yes, uh, we'll see what fits the Soasine brand. Mm -hmm. But hopefully, during the episode, we kind of do well to to really nail down exactly what we're talking about because. It could be viewed, I guess, as a symptom of like a, a bunch of other stuff like mm -hmm. technology or the internet or built infrastructure or, um, I don't know, mental health mm -hmm. or education indeed. But I do think that if we were to try and summarize what we're talking about in one thesis, it would be that we are right now trying to design the Soacene waiting room or mm -hmm. elevator. Yeah. So because... I go to the elevator a lot in my notes. It's true. There'll be a lot of menial spaces. You can't avoid them. There yeah. will be hallways. There will be waiting. There will be time spent in limbo. Buses. But in thinking. the solo scene, what will be different <laughs> from now? Because it's not an insufficient, insufficient, insubstantial amount of time that we spend in these spaces. Yeah. Perhaps you spend one minute a day in the elevator, seven minutes in a week, thousands of minutes in your life. <laughs> Yeah. And so... Well, the bus is a good example because you spend a lot of time on the bus. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the, I, I think in the poem I was, I was trying to touch on this, this widespread, low-level social anxiety, which I think mm -hmm. almost everyone our age and below and even above our age has now, mm -hmm. which really, yeah, there is this individual procedure or advice, which is always to be brave and face your fear, mm -hmm. which I think in the modern age can be best summarized as the stranger in yes, real life, exactly. not online. So what I started with in thinking about the public situations is trying to define awkwardness mm. for myself. Yeah, yeah. And obviously my first thought for defining awkwardness was trying to be optimistic was the fact that it's me being uncomfortable being myself. So it's like if I was 100% confident in myself, I'd never feel awkward. However... I have amended my definition to include the fact that you can be 100% confident in yourself and still be awkward because it's how you make other people feel. So in the solo scene, I think we will need to, as a society, come together and agree that people will be different from one another. Whereas today, when we are in a setting where there's a bunch of individuals in a space, there's no expectation for them to talk to each other, there's waiting for something to happen, like before a movie. And I don't think you necessarily have to talk to each other, but I do think you have to be okay with someone staring really intently at the screen in expectation, someone talking to the person they're with, someone twiddling their thumbs or pulling out their knitting. 
you have to be okay with yourself, but also just okay with the fact that other people are going to be different from you, if that makes any sense. Okay. So that would be in an unawkward, for a situation to be unawkward, you have to be okay with yourself and okay with other people being themselves, and then it will be unawkward. You can't just have one or the other. Because I'm like, I don't care what people are doing. I care what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone has some combo of those things. Okay. Yeah. I think we got a little bit ahead of, let me just try and wrap my head around what you're saying. Okay. So we're designing the solo scene waiting room and how the people are acting in it. Mm-hmm. You're saying you have to be comfortable in your own skin. Yes. And comfortable with other people being comfortable in their own skin. Because I was reflecting on an example that you conveyed to me about someone dancing. Yes, yes. And so you're at this event and someone's just dancing to the waiting music. Right. And it'd be very easy to be like uncomfortable with them dancing. Okay. I feel like with you and I, we love people being quirky. It's true. So we're like, that's awesome. I wish I was dancing kind Mm -hmm, of thing. Or mm -hmm. maybe I don't wish I was dancing, but good for them. Right. But a lot of people would be like, even if they were like, ah, I'm just vibing, waiting for this event to start. Oh, what are they doing? Why are they dancing? And it would make them uncomfortable. So cringy. So cringy. I can't be around you. Yeah. But in the solo scene. Secondhand embarrassment. Secondhand embarrassment is extinct. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good way of starting, trying to define awkwardness. Thank you. I kind of did the same. I was, my question was just, why does this happen? Mm -hmm. And this, hopefully by now people get a sense of what what it is. What is this? Um, this is people being on their phone before the movie starts, being on their phone in the elevator. Well, let me, let me, I didn't want this to just be a, like, we hate phones. Here's the yeah. solution. Don't bring your phone thing. Because what really inspired this was that I went to a graduation convocation ceremony, mm-hmm. which for universities, it was all the, um, all the fixings, as they say, for oh, like yeah. Christmas dinner, all the gravy. There was a brass quintet. There was the university chancellor giving a speech. People there wearing were robes. People wearing robes, you know, those kind of clownish, academic, but also cool, traditional, but also kind of silly outfits all over the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, thousand people capacity, valedictorian, graduates all coming in, best day of their life, parents all excited, everyone's wearing suit, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was genuinely surprising to me, even though I, I like to think I'm pretty, pretty critical of these things already, how many people were not paying attention disengaged disengaged from Mm -hmm. the speeches like the big speeches i understand when things get really boring when it's just reading the names out Mm -hmm. but it's like this is the valedictorian speech Mm -hmm. or this is and this was not just all the parents it was the graduates yeah and i was thinking who were just on their phone is what i mean and i was thinking what could be more important what could be more important and um i understand if people are taking photos this isn't even that like i didn't even want this episode to be about people taking pictures incessantly in public areas and like, you know, mm. living just to share things on Instagram. It's yeah, not, I it's didn't not even go that. there. It's like a different that's a, that's a whole can other of thing. worms, yeah. I'm talking about the compulsion people have to almost disengage from events that might seem too important. Mm-hmm. You know, this is too big. A di- this is when you have to be present. Mm-hmm. But everyone's like texting someone random or I saw people playing phone games during speeches or like on Reddit or on social media. And it's like, that's not... Mm-hmm. what you should be doing that's not important so i yeah. thought we could discuss why why do people do that yeah i was thinking in those situations in particular because i also considered church how many times i went to church and just expected to be bored out of my mind mm. expected for nothing important to be said basically 
And I think that's just it. It's like you're going to go to this speech and you're like, I don't really feel like I have the energy to learn something today. I don't have the energy to process, to really chew on what this person's about to say. So I'm just going to disengage and go on my phone. And so I feel like it's a fear of boredom yeah. and or a fear of like being made to feel incompetent. Well, I think there's a lot. I, I listed a few emotions and situations that are just genuinely unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Boredom being top of the list. Mm-hmm. Also, sadness, awkwardness, as you already said, conflict, Mm. uh, fear of rejection or any kind of failure like that, public humiliation, um, frustration, sadness, all those types of things. But, and almost all of these is like, no one's, no one really wants to willingly do this. Mm. No one really wants to willingly be bored in a, in a Mm. waiting room or willingly wants to be in conflict with somebody, Mm -hmm. but they're almost all ways character building things, Mm. right? Like you never, after going on your phone, come away from it as a a better, stronger, more developed or more learned person for the Mm -hmm. most part. Yeah, I agree with that. And going back to the church example of this, it's like, you okay, you're going to go sit through a church service or I feel like church is just like a kind of good example for me. And it's like, I do not want to hear the same person who I've heard for 20 years of my life share a message again. However, something you have instructed me as a human to do is you can always learn something from someone, even if it's like going to be a, even if it's an, like a negative that you take out of it. So, for example, with the convocation speak, speeches, you might just be a parent there uninterested in medicine. Yes. However, yes. you could learn a question you want to ask. You could mm-hmm. learn something that you dislike. Like you can just you exactly. can learn no, something. That's what I think. I always, um, I mean, I, I don't want to say I'm a paragon for paying mm-hmm. attention because I'm, I'm really not. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm quite the daydreamer if I'm not on my phone. But I, what I like to think is that even if it's a boring speech mm-hmm. or they're not saying anything remotely insightful about medicine, sometimes I like to consider the speech as in, why is this speech so boring? Mm-hmm. Why is this speech so bad? You know, what, what is it about them that doesn't show any charisma or any great storytelling? You know, mm-hmm. why is this going nowhere? And just about the whole ceremony in general, how can this be designed better, mm-hmm. I guess? I don't know if, if that's the most... Um, <laughs> beneficial mindset to have yeah but I, I do like to think that and even if it's not focusing on the speech I have a certain nosiness where I'll be focusing on the other people and I like mm-hmm. to as uh, eventually this episode was born out of I like to consider how people are reacting to the speech mm-hmm. yeah and then even it's a joint experience so you don't know anyone there hmm. it's like the previews of a movie but then afterwards Maybe you bump into a person and you discuss the previews or you discuss something funny that happened in the theater. But if everyone was looking down at their phone, nothing funny is going to happen. Nothing interesting will happen. And even if it did, no one would, no see one it. would notice it. Yeah. So I think it's just this sense of community that's completely lost when people are disengaged with the moment. Even if it's because we like expect nothing to come out of silence, nothing to come out of these boring moments. However, that's just what life is. Like something will inevitably happen most of the time. Well, I think this is one of the reasons say, why does this happen? It's because no one today has the, I, I suppose I'd call it confidence, but just the realization of their own agency to think that, oh, nothing's happening. I, I could actually make something happen. Mm-hmm. Like no one ever thinks that. I never yeah, think that. And I wish, I wish we I did think that. Yeah, I was thinking, for examples with the elevators, hmm. which you mentioned, you go in and you say, no one's going to say hi to me. No one's going to yeah. ask me how my day is going. But then you have to be in the solo scene, I think, will be equipped from a young age to be the person to ask that question. 
or a way to read the room of, oh, maybe no one wants to be asked any questions today and be comfortable with silence. Yeah, but I think that's largely what it is because I don't think... Like, I just think there'd be a little bit less silence in the solo mm-hmm. scene. And I'm quite an antisocial person. And You're I hate pro small talk. silence. I'm very pro silence. But I also think that it's like treat people how you want to be treated, right? Mm-hmm. No one wants to be spoken to today. But yep. like, no one ever wants to be spoken to. Even if they didn't mm-hmm. have their phone on the bus, no one wants to engage in conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering why that is. Because in the mm-hmm. solo scene, I think we will be a little bit more open to meeting people in these spontaneous circumstances, which, as you rightly pointed out, form the majority of life. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, those liminal places, travel or walking down a hallway, mm-hmm. elevators, meeting rooms, like your time in the, me- in the meeting room is most likely going to be longer than your time in the appointment. Yep. So that's most of life. Yeah, but we pretend like it just is time to be zoned out. What's like disembodied? There's a word for that. Disembodied might be yeah. a fine word. But it's the same as we do it to ourselves in the evenings. We go on Instagram and disengage with reality i was thinking about buses and ways we could improve them in the solo scene but i was thinking okay we take phones out of the equation that's almost like a given yeah phones are out of the equation no one has podcasts plugged into their ears <laughs> however i was like thinking about it and okay every single person's on their phone it'd be interesting if there was a bubble floating above their head that said what they were doing, because that would tell you a little bit about each person. Yeah. Oh, that person's listening to Joe Rogan. Oh, that person is re- reading yeah. an audio book. I had or this, this later on when, we, when, we, when we're talking about how to, how to encourage mm-hmm. uh, community conversation, basically. Mm-hmm. And as I say in the poem, sharing the room. Because mm-hmm. what you described, everyone on their phone in the bus or with headphones in mm-hmm. or in some awful future with a VR headset on. Yeah. You're all in the bus but you're all in your own room within the bus mm-hmm. and no one can see into each other's room yeah whereas previously if someone was reading a book knitting or knitting or writing mm-hmm. i know what they're doing so it's there's a, a conversation starter exactement. you get to know your neighbors exactement. even if you don't talk to them you know that's the knitter if there's one day in five years when I want to knit and I recognize this person on the bus, I can ask them a question. Mm-hmm. 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 I feel like we're in like a poetry reading. Preach. These are like easy things, but it's also just, it's so easy when you say to people, oh, everyone's on their phone these days. And you always say, well, they used to all be reading the newspapers. <laughs> Mockingly, you say. But it's, it's true though, because um, a lot of these things we've used to be common sense. I didn't want to be mm-hmm. hearkening to the past too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've lost them in, in, the, in the name of marketing and convenience because, oh, well, why would I want to carry a book, a, a notepad, a camera, knitting, you know, mm-hmm. a Nintendo DS? I can carry it all in one. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this, here's one kind of practical reason. Yeah. Because then no one knows what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Continuing on with why I think this happens, <laughs> there's this, this kind of ironic thing where even if what you were saying at the start, you're comfortable in your own skin, let's say you're quite outgoing, mm-hmm. you have worked on your social skills i think quite often people don't talk to the person beside them on the bus because we assume that they will not be mm-hmm. outgoing sociable um engaging they'll either be yeah. very shy or non-responsive or just very very small talky mm-hmm. so i think that a key thing is to assume the best of people yeah right now i think we assume the worst and i'm not sure if this comes from the news possibly quite a lot of the it news it comes from ourselves it's like Nine times out of ten when I'm on the bus, if someone talked to me, it would make me grumpy. Yeah. So but why like, is that? Uh, why That's is that? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. It's 
we're not used to it. I feel like it expends so much energy in a way that it shouldn't. Because we're all introverted now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just was out for a walk and I stumbled across a bazaar happening in the basement of a place. And so me and my friend went in and there's a different energy when it's, it was a bunch of old ladies and one of them engaged us in a conversation that on the way out, it was almost like a light bulb was turned on in my head. And I was like, seeing the people who I was passing. And so I was like, bonjour, bonjour, like saying hello to people, which I never do. But it's because she had almost like lifted that veil of, oh no, everyone's grumpy. Everyone's going with their business because she engaged us in a conversation I have two notes on that, which is one yeah. is is overexposure because we live in Montreal now, and I've noticed myself that, mm-hmm. and it's just weird. You do not say hello to people on the street. You don't wave to them or anything like that mm-hmm. because there's so many people on the street. It's true. When we lived in rural areas, mm-hmm. there was always a nod, smile, yeah. hello, or wave because there were so few of you. Mm-hmm. So it's like now there's an overexposure, so you you don't mm-hmm. feel the need or you don't want to, or it's just not the done thing. Mm-hmm. And also, old people. Mm-hmm. It's like they have a superpower compared to young people. Mm-hmm. Because I, I remember remarking once we were on a walk, and I don't think it was you, but there was another girl walking and an older man walking, and he said to her, like, hey, how are you? And she was like, good. And she, he was like, would you mind showing me the time or something, or asking for directions or something mm-hmm. like that? And she was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, young people don't, no one would do that. No one would ask the time or directions or ask a question. Yeah. I mean, there's the obvious reason, which is because we always have the time and directions on mm-hmm. us now, which is clearly not a great thing for socializing. Mm-hmm. But there's also just the... You want to appear the friendliness. Older perhaps? people have, have more, more of an I don't care friendliness, mm-hmm. I think. Whereas today we're, yeah. we're more, I suppose, narcissistic. Yeah. I, I feel like the cool thing is to be like, I don't need anyone. I'm cool. I'm yeah, busy. Yeah. I'm important. I'm yeah. picturing like even 10 years ago, the... The people in their blackberries on the bus. Yeah. So I feel like we're all now the people in our blackberries. Like, oh well, right now I'm just running my business. I'm. Yeah. I don't have time. It's to really funny socialize. because because the the phone is that the phone mm-hmm. is always a symbol of like if you're in an elevator mm-hmm. and two people are on their phone and you're just standing there, it's like yeah. they have friends and I don't mm-hmm. or on a bus. Yeah. So there's been countless occasions I've done it. I'm sure, a lot of other people have done it when you just open your phone and just don't do anything. Yeah. But it's partly a compulsion, I think, like mm-hmm. a legitimate uh, tick, like an addict mm-hmm. would have, where it's just like, oh, and you don't mm-hmm. even, you, you, maybe you look at the home screen and then you put it back in your pocket and you don't even know the time. It's like, but that's yep. the only information on the home screen half the time. So, mm-hmm. um, but also it's at least a semi-conscious thing of, I want to look like mm-hmm. I have a life. Yeah, it's so unconscious almost yeah. that it just happens. I have talked about this before in the podcast, but there's a specific reason I got a watch and it was so that I'd stop picking up my phone. And it's like, I feel annoying when I'm like constantly checking my watch because I don't care what time it is. But it's better to me than picking up my phone. And I hope that someday I can remove both of those habits. But it's just like a little thing to me that... Because I don't think it's... Like I never see someone checking their phone and think, oh my gosh, that's rude. Why do you want to remove the picking up your phone? Just because it's... It feels like I'm addicted. Do you think it uh, takes takes away anything that you could be doing? Yeah. What? I could be trying to build a picture of my place in the situation as a conversation starter, a facilitator, a an artist, I suppose. Like, if you're in a space, as you said, you're in an ugly waiting room. 
And I feel like the person who's unartistic or who doesn't know that they want to be artistic yet would just disengage with the space. However, I find that if I can just be present and force myself to not break up my concentration every 45 seconds by checking my phone, yeah. it, ima- it forces you almost to imagine a better space in order to mm. become confident, not confident, comfortable in that situation. And maybe over time, you keep going to that waiting room, you keep going to that elevator, you gain the confidence to enact those changes, to be the person to start the conversation and so on. Yeah, I've always, it's not a good thing, but I think I've always had the superpower where I'm an immense daydreamer and Mm -hmm. imaginer to the point that I I would always just do things or go places. Like if, for instance, my parents never did this, but if they had done the punishment of, you know, go sit in the corner or whatever and think about what you've done, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have minded it, even (laughs) without a phone or or paper or anything. Because I I would just think of some elaborate thing, you know this. Yes. Or I think it was partially born out of school where I was always so bored Mm -hmm. and I never had any friends. And um, this continued into some of the various jobs that I've had where it's just, they've been very conducive to spending nine hours daydreaming. daydreaming. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's, a, that's a inherently a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. just a, a general trait that some people have. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, take the phone out of it. If you are doing that regularly, um, then when it comes time to really lock in and you're at focus, be mindful, be present at, say, convocation or a similarly mm-hmm. important event it's not always an easy switch that you can just flick on and say mm-hmm. well now i'm not daydreaming i'm doing this mm-hmm. because your attention span is or your intention is conditioned to be a certain way mm-hmm. zoning out you're very attuned to that sort of thinking yeah like just because you're not on your phone doesn't mean you're engaged doesn't mean you're being mindful or learning anything yeah. but i don't think everyone always has to be switched on all the time i agree but you should be able to mm-hmm. in convocation like i question the, the guests or the graduates of the convocation if afterwards they even really notice they're on their phone you know what i mean yeah probably not because that's just now that's just what it is to be somewhere wow this is like i guess i hadn't been to a social event in like two or three years don't get me wrong i think that's part of it as well because yeah. these people hadn't the students probably hadn't been to school in like two or three years yeah so we're not used to it we're used to mm. Like, let's say they're in a class, they're used to not really even having to pay attention to the teacher because mm-hmm. they're in their bedroom. They yeah. just go do whatever. So our attention span has definitely been splintered even further by the pandemic. Yeah, I think so. Because I was thinking about how many times I went on my phone in live lectures, like in the classroom, I would go right. on my phone. And I was like, that is so much worse when I was on online school because you could switch the tabs. You could spend well, just, six hours on one lecture. Yeah and have spent five of those hours online shopping or five of those hours watching other YouTube videos or whatever. And I think that's relevant and important to try and draw attention to in your own life and in the solo scene. This will just hopefully not exist. And we're going to get to that later of how to make the world more conducive to being present. Yeah, I had one final note on kind of the negatives, which is, well, I guess it's positive about being mindful in social situations that are potentially uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which is just the the raw kind of humanity of feeling things to their fullest, mm. and things can only be felt in their fullest in the present. You know, like let's say you're taking a video of the your son graduating, which I think is completely fine. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, when you're looking at the video, 
you don't feel exactly what you felt in the moment because mm -hmm. in the moment it's stronger. Like yeah. you feel a, an echo of it, but mm -hmm. it's not the exact same thing. It's just a looking back at it. Um, an example I have is from a movie that we both like called Call Me By Your Name that we've referenced a lot on Solacing before. At the end of the movie, one of the characters is basically heartbroken and he has uh, headphones in, is listening to music, but he kind of takes out the headphones to be heartbroken. Mm -hmm. And I always really like that because I think it's the opposite. It's set in the 80s. I think that today it's like, we're going to put on the sad music. Mm -hmm. We're going to go into our own room, in other words. Yeah. But part of the key to feeling is that you're in the the, the present room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you just keep reliving these shadows of the emotion, they'll never they'll like culminate in some kind of, I feel like, mental break. Like I feel like that's almost a part of mental illness is our inability to just feel things in the moment and be done feeling them almost. So the same therapy session. That's, I feel like that's what this is, low-key. This week's episode is brought to you by... Better help. <laughs> Someday, maybe. Who is it brought to us by? Oh. That's what I was trying to seg, seg into. Sorry, I just thought it was funny because I feel like most podcasts are sponsored by BetterHelp. So this is the Simulocrace. Crasse? Simulocrace. Um, do you know what that is, Aaron? It's a plant. A money plant. A fake plant. Oh. Haha. -ha. Because Wait, I thought... fake plants have a Latin name? Yeah. Because what? I should have gotten that. That was so dumb. Yeah. So basically... The problem was I saw the you had a dollar sign attached to it. Yes. I was listening at home. I'll describe what she drew. It was a square black pot mm -hmm. with a... I guess I see now that it was... Very, the pro, but the problem with your drawings is that... They all look the same. They all look very mm -hmm. cartoony and stylized. So I mm -hmm. thought that was just your version of a house plant. Mm -hmm. But it was a very straight uh, brown trunk with five suspiciously symmetrical and round... Yes, exactly. ...flat green leaves on it. It's like generic plant. It doesn't even seem inspired. But I thought the dollar sign was a, was a hint. No, the dollar sign is actually a price tag. Yes, yes, yes. So I chose this because I thought we were now allowed to do fake things. So I did fake plants. And the Latin name was kind of a tongue-in-cheek article posted by the Journal of Ethnobotany Research and Applications. Mm -hmm. And it was an article, it was a parody. And it was about a six-year study to taxonomize fake plants it it was a joke like no one Sounds spent six funny. years doing that but they assigned this latin name to them and fake plants are ancient like they've been around as long as material has been around basically like fabric so it began in ancient china with silks when those were kind of discovered people started making silk flowers and there's a whole field of art devoted towards making these really realistic plants however Today, they're like mass produced in factories. People stick them in their houses. And some of the benefits I saw of these plants are that they defy seasons. They take zero maintenance. They're a better use of money than real plants. And they really liven up a space, bring life into the space. Okay. And I feel like that just reminds me of social situations these days. Mm. It's like perhaps there used to be an art to existing quietly in the public. But today we all just have our phones and there's no art to it. And it's just mass produced right. social interactions. Well, I'm, re I'm reminded a little bit of our Metaverse episode. Mm -hmm. uh, we did kind of, uh, not debunking, but opposing the proposed uh, Metaverse, which would consume us all. Mm -hmm. And one of Zuckerberg's uh, 
benefits that he said about it was that it's un unprecedented or unparalleled uh, human connection. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, no, it isn't. No. It's just a facsimile of it, which is exactly what this plant is. Yeah. So I just think it was a funny choice for today because of the conversation. And it reminds, like I said, okay, they define seasons. It's like, or they defy seasons. And I feel like that's almost like what we feel like we've done with social situations. It's like we're defying socializing. We are doing way more socializing on our phone than we could in the real world. Yeah. We're doing so much more productivity than we could by just being quiet and taking in the quartet. Yeah. Anywho. No, no because TikTok the internet, social media, whatever people are doing on their phones, the thing is that it is more entertaining than mm -hmm. real life. It is more entertaining than the waiting room. And it is funnier. Mm -hmm. And the, most likely, it, the algorithm or you deliberately seeking out a community has resulted in it being full of people who are more likely to share your interests and mm -hmm. to get along with you virtually yeah. than the people in the waiting room will But we know physically. conflict. Exactly. Yes. But we know awkward situations. But I feel like you're just missing out on life. Like, so, so you're missing much. out on killing a plant. So lame. You don't like killing a plant. But you learn something from killing a plant. You learn something from making a fool of yourself. It sucks. But no, we, we will get into the positive half of the episode, the solution mm -hmm. half, which is describing what these rooms should be like mm -hmm. and how to create them. Yeah. The first note, I mean, we've, we've run through a few of them already, but I just kind of did this in bullet, in bullet points. Mm-hmm. One was that everyone's always, almost always sharing the same room in public, mm -hmm. um, which means that, as you touched on, we will work to improve the spaces mm -hmm. because there aren't just these easy escapes. Mm -hmm. You actually have to ask the bus driver to change the music or something. Yeah. But I was thinking about gyms is a good example because music in the gyms typically is awful, mm -hmm. but no one cares. Yeah, because you just put on your own. Right, but if we didn't all have headphones in, People would care, mm -hmm. so the music would actually be, be, be better, or even yeah. live. Very cool idea. Also, we will be able to converse with the people we sit beside. There'll be a certain universal trust and therefore vulnerability, which mm -hmm. we are currently lacking as we put up our social shields, our masks, if you will. Literally, figuratively. <laughs> you want to keep going? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry, I'm just like taking it in. I think... Yeah, with the spaces, you're forced to be in them. So maybe you start to contribute to making it a little bit nicer. And I was thinking about that with like windows and spaces because they're dynamic, they're interesting. You could have two people just staring at the window. And it's like, I feel like it's better than two people staring at their phones because they're at least staring at the sharing same thing. an experience. Yeah. Like you were saying with radio, you really like, and even, oh, everyone on the bus is reading the newspaper, but they're, they are building community. They're all reading the same thing. Right. Well, people talk about the fragmentation of culture like this. Mm -hmm. You can no longer talk to someone on the bus about music because mm -hmm. there is no chance they listen to the same music as yeah. you or with the news. They're mm -hmm. most likely either reading completely different news or they're getting a completely different spin on it, mm -hmm. movies, music, everything. Um, but it's not just culture, as you said about the bus window. It's... Mm -hmm. Our reality is like it's the room around us. We're yeah. not even seeing the same thing out the window anymore. Yeah, you can't anymore. even make a joke like this is an ugly couch. Oh, is it? No one's like looking at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I do think it's cool that we can all listen to our music. We can all read our own no, books. No, I think so, yeah. But I think perhaps in these, because I say, okay, it takes up a lot of your life. They are just short experiences. It's one minute in the elevator a day. 
for that one minute, you can just be present and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Well, I think it would be great if the, our domains, our homes were our homes. We could do whatever we mm -hmm. want there. Yeah. But just the, the public thing, I, um, one of my points was that we shouldn't have the option of having everything in our pockets at one time, which we do right now in a little black rectangle. Yeah. It we are big proponents of the computer room. The computer room and, and the computer pockets. Mm -hmm. So it's like sometimes, you, it's like in a video game where you have a limited inventory. You have to make choices before you go into each level. Mm. Do I want to bring my camera? Do I want to bring my book? Do I want to bring my selfie stick? Mm -hmm. I shouldn't bring that. I don't have the room. How about I just ask someone else to take a picture for me? Mm -hmm. Like so many of our inventions are just to limit dependence on other mm -hmm. people. Like that's what the selfie stick is, right? Yeah. There is no benefit to it. Just have someone take the picture for you. Mm -hmm. But this eliminates that awkward mm -hmm. interaction. Yeah. I took someone's picture for them yesterday. I really enjoyed it. That's good. Happy for you, Aaron. Because how often do we get to feel useful in mm -hmm. any way, genuinely? No, that's a good point. Every time anyone asks either of us for directions, we remark on it and say, yeah. I knew where that was, or I had no idea where that was. And I feel so terrible mm -hmm. after that. Yeah. So then you maybe learn where it is. So next time, you can help someone. Yeah. <laughs> I We already touched on it a little bit, but like when in the solo scene, I think people will... Perhaps, yeah, you have an hour wait for a plane, so everyone's doing their own thing. They're reading a book, they're con conversing, perhaps even listening to a podcast. I don't know. Listening to a podcast, maybe. But just something unique. And then you can maybe ask that person, because then you can identify That's they have an interest similar yeah. to me. I'm going to talk to them. And I think the thing is, people don't really want to be confronted and be like, someone pulling an idea for a conversation in thin air. Sometimes that's just kind of annoying. No, because right now, if everyone's on their phone, you are just starting from absolute scratch. Yeah. Or you're going to be nosy and say, oh, you're looking at memes, huh? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not the same. But if someone's reading Heart of Darkness mm -hmm. uh, in their lap, oh, I love that book. Yeah. They're not going to be, most likely they're not going to be happy. But there is a, because they're reading. They don't mm -hmm. want to be interrupted. But sometimes they might be, oh, you read that book? Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I don't know many readers. Yeah. Let's chat also. Or what are you writing? I don't, like, I can only speak for myself, but if someone asked me once, what, what am I writing? Mm -hmm. I would actually be happy to, to share yeah. with them. It's usually, you're not that engaged because you are in a public space. It's no, not like I you're mean, doing, you're like... You're engaged, but yeah. it's the, it's, if we're talking about writing, then you're still engaged. Mm -hmm. Like that's something what you just said. It's the idea that you can only be engaged with something if you are doing it absolutely by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like if someone wants to talk to me about writing, then I'm still engaged in that mm -hmm. activity kind that's of. That's true. Yeah, but I just really like that idea because I always want to be creepy and like ask someone what they're listening to, but obviously that... You can't do that, right? Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> and I think that part of the, the, I guess, preponderance of, um, of phones in place of so many other objects has given rise to, say, the band t-shirt or mm. just aesthetics in general. This that's is, really this true. This is now the way that we signal who we are. It's not by what we do, mm -hmm. it's just by what we look like yeah. in terms of this narcissism again. Like, let's say someone wants to, wants to show that they um, like reading, I don't know, what do people read? Comics. Mm -hmm. Instead of reading the comics now, because they'll probably just have it on their tablet or their phone, I'm going to wear a Marvel t-shirt. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a difference here, though, I think. Yeah, but it's been, that's a bit more consumeristic. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I have to be my vibe instead yeah. of just, like, living. Doing it. Doing it, yes. And I think that's, that's an interesting comparison. I like that. My final point on this, um, in terms of painting the picture of what things should be like, mm -hmm. is a little bit intangible and 
I don't want to cry on the podcast, but I was almost tearing up when I was thinking, when I was writing a note about it earlier, but it's um, childlike shows of emotion or childlike uh, expression, joy especially. We're also um, watching a couple stand-ups, particularly those little segments in Seinfeld. And I always love when they cut to the audience laughing because mm-hmm. I think there's such an unbridled joy. I'm sure it even comedy shows today because it's a safe space to like you're supposed to laugh there so mm-hmm. today it's like everyone laughs there but i think that if everywhere was like that like if you were genuinely just laughing at things i think a lot of people today would think you're a maniac it's true but i just think it's lovely and i, I love watching uh children you know mm. laugh at movies and and playing and things like that and it it makes me really sad that we get that beaten out of us Do you know what i like what when people whistle whistling yeah because i was at the at the garden a couple days ago and i came around a corner there's sprinkled through the garden there's little sheds so one of the people that were working there they were like in the shed whistling to themselves Mm. and i was like this is so lovely because clearly they're not doing it for anyone else same as dancing to yourself exactly it's like they're just doing it for themselves and i always catch myself like i hum quite a bit especially when i'm at work but i'll stop as soon as there's like a person there yeah and it's like I wish, wish we didn't have that self-awareness. Yeah, it's like just, if you're... Because a kid wouldn't. Exactly. The other note I had under this was that everyone's so done, uh, kind of stoic and, mm-hmm. and invulnerable and narcissistic today. And I hate that I sometimes find myself acting as if I'm on camera, even when I'm not on camera. Oh, 100%. Because that's exactly what it is. And it, it's not exactly just because people are so used to vlogging. Like That's mm-hmm. a really kind of reductive argument. Mm-hmm. But there's a, just this feeling that... I always have to look and act a certain way. Yeah, I 100% when I walk down the street, I almost feel like I'm not looking through my eyes. I almost feel like I'm watching a camera behind me. Like I, yeah. I'm watching myself and thinking, is this looking weird? Is this? Yeah. No one cares. Or maybe no, people do slightly care. But care. it's just like we have this ingrained in us. And I feel like this can be changed through a lot of personal growth. Right. But in the solo scene, yeah. it won't, we won't build up all these layers. Mm-hmm. So we'll just say like that from kids, yes. which I think is really lovely. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's there's all sorts of technical terms for the things that we're describing, the mental yeah. constructs and the complexes that we have, but there shouldn't really be because when you put a name to something and make it sound really niche, it mm-hmm. makes it sound like it's just uh, indicative of this one condition that certain people have. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, I really think it's, it's everybody Everyone. our age, they just don't notice it and younger i'm thinking always of this girl in my uh, middle school and high school who always used to dance around outside and like laugh at dandelions and stuff Mm. and she wasn't insane she was just very expressive yeah she loved reading when she was reading like classic books she'd laugh out loud at it Mm -hmm. and everyone was like oh man can you believe her Mm -hmm. like she was she was absolutely shunned she was very very unpopular um (laughs) But now I, I just think she's one of the bravest people I've ever known, like genuinely mm-hmm. in, in social situations, because it's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. I wish I could be like that. Yeah, me as well. So unfortunately, I feel like we didn't. Well, we can talk about how we're, gonna, yeah. how we're going to encourage that kind of yeah. spontaneity. Mm-hmm. And I had five points, I guess. Okay. The first one was the simplest travel without the phone, mm-hmm. because it forces that community and Social learning, perhaps? Yeah, just the presentness. Mm-hmm. The second one is to practice mindfulness, mm-hmm. to keep yourself present. And this there's is ways a- to do this, right? It's like yeah. meditation or 
staring at something. Journaling is really great. Journaling, a mantra, mm-hmm. all sorts. Yeah, like I feel like you and I aren't exactly the gurus to instruct this. However, no, there try. are plenty of we gurus try. who try to embody what we preach. I wouldn't say we're preaching it. We're just describing. We embody what we express. Well, we, I'm going to say <laughs> we talk about what we strive to be. Yes. Um, also is to just genuinely recognize it in yourself. And as you say, either, you know, the, the, the simple kind of concrete example is count how many times you're actually picking up your phone. It will mm-hmm. surprise you. But also just ask yourself, if you're in an elevator, two other people walk in, what are you doing? You know, really try and picture it because I can picture myself just putting out my phone and doing absolutely nothing on it. Mm-hmm. The fourth is if we set the precedent from a young age, mm-hmm. socialize us well. I don't think I'm a very social person. I think I mean part of it's just your nature, mm-hmm. but I'm always grateful to my uh, mother who dragged me along to these play dates with this boy who I absolutely despised, mm-hmm. and I was so 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 uh, grumpy the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, on the one hand, it probably fed into my resentment towards other people, especially my peers. But on the other hand, it got me conditioned to trying to trying to eke out any scrap of positives from mm-hmm. situations that I knew were going to last a long time mm-hmm. and be negative. Yeah. In almost all ways. No, that's that's a good point of like, I'm gonna go to this place. It's gonna be horrible. Like, just try and practice finding one good thing about it, even if it's like, their shirt is really nice. I like their (laughs) shirt. And they're telling you about something you really disagree with. Or maybe trying to come up with, perhaps if I encounter this person, I can talk to them and try and express my point of view. Or like, trying to find, yeah, positive and sucky situations of like, I've lately been picturing myself there's one person on our floor who I see very often, but I've never talked to. Ooh. But because I've seen them so many times, I think I have something I can say to them, basically. Got to be brave and share and the so room. And so one day I need to share the room and just say, Hi. Maybe they listen to the podcast. Maybe they do listen to the podcast. If so, come, come and talk to Alicia. Mm-hmm. Come and find us. <laughs> <laughs> I should put up a poster on their door. Yeah. Maybe not. Not a bad idea. <laughs> um, and the fifth, and I thought most kind of concrete example literally is making spaces for common interests mm-hmm. which i mean to go back to the past used to just be common sense yes. but now have been eradicated because we all have this shared digital space yeah. which is not real space mm-hmm. twitter isn't a real place um and i had the example again of my high school which replaced its library by removing all the books mm-hmm. and putting computers in their place i'd love to see it and Obviously, the thinking was, well, if students want to read their books, they will bring them in or they'll buy them or they'll read them online or something like that, which, I mean, whatever. But what it also does is it stops there being a room where all the library-going kids would go because Mm -hmm. not to generalize, well, to generalize, (laughs) kids who go to the library in high school at lunch Mm -hmm. are pretty likely to get along with the other kids who go to the library in high school at lunch. Mm -hmm. What I found myself doing was going to this place, but the other ones were all scattered because suddenly there wasn't a nucleus where everyone could hang out in. Mm -hmm. And people don't really think about that today, I think, when they're, when they're building spaces or converting them willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's almost like we don't want to segregate people. We don't want the, the book nerds to... Right. But we do. The book nerds want that. Yes. Because in my middle school, there was a library. Mm-hmm. There was that. Yeah. There was Literally, there were lunches where I never spoke to these people. They never spoke to me. But we'd be, just be sitting around a table all reading. Mm-hmm. And it was quite pleasant. 
Like, I don't think it's almost like we've vilified community. We don't want people to be exclusive. So we yeah. just want there to be no places to exclude people from, mm. perhaps. <laughs> I think this is one thing that, you know, um, the internet can help with because they, these these convening spaces, these mm -hmm. groups can be organized digitally, mm -hmm. maybe even better than they can be done in yeah, the physical world, just through true. posters or whatever, but with the aim of interacting in the real world. In person, yeah. You know, I had that idea, it was mostly fantastical, that I shared with you a few weeks ago of, in the future, why don't we just all pick cities and move there based on interests and politics? Mm -hmm. Like, it was mostly a joke, but things yeah. like that. So I thought, well, if people want their politics to be a certain way, why don't we all band together, move to this one place, and, <laughs> you know, vote in a a utopian government essentially mm -hmm. yeah this is a very it's a low-level version of that yeah i think so because i was thinking today like i met up with a friend who i met online and i was like i feel like so many weeks on the podcast we're bashing the internet but i really think it has a place but it needs to yeah have the goal of manifesting itself physically it could be not in relationships but it could be in your lifestyle i just think we need to remember that that isn't the be-all end-all having a digital friend having a digital aesthetic really well curated i think it really needs to become become mm -hmm. very well said very uh articulate i think and i found that episode those 47 or so minutes 45 minutes very cathartic me as well it was a little bit stream of consciousness i hope the reader <laughs> wasn't bored and i hope that we didn't sound like boomers but thanks for listening everybody bye